Sup, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I'm joined, as always, by my trusted co-host, the Luke Walton saying, do me a favor, give the ref your autograph after the game. He's a fan. To Luka Doncic on the receiving end of this diss, it's Eric Silver. Eric, how's it going? All right. That was very nice. The first time we did this, you compared me to the LA Metro system, which is not as good as this. No, but I have had good experiences with the LA Metro system solely in that it's cheaper than New York's, and I've happened to be staying at places near the stops, which makes it very convenient. You know, notoriously good (laughs) public transit system, Los Angeles? I've just had a very good experience where all of the starting and ending points of my journeys are near train stops so far, and I'm riding this high. I will say you're definitely more timely in LA than you are doing the trains in New York City. I feel great. It's been wonderful. So as you could tell by this intro. Wait, this doesn't sound like our studio? A different. So we are here in Los Angeles right now. We are on the road for Podcast Movement and the Horse Live Show with Potterless and the Horse Show as a part of Podstar Weekend. A lot of horse things happening, but we are currently recording this from a hotel room in an undisclosed location. It I, is. A, <laughs> I can say it's a hotel in Los Angeles. That's it. <laughs> so the audio for this episode is going to be a little different just because we recorded it uh, a little bit piecemeal from different studios. So we will get all into that as the episode progresses. But before we get into it, we have to take a little bit of time to get ready and prepare. And for that, we're going to take a quick detour into the Teal Memorial locker room. She's still doing great. She <laughs> Teal's not with us, but we brought the locker room She's with, with us. us. Us as... Humanity, you can't say <laughs> not with us in response to someone that's rumored to be dead. I was concentrating on the travel size locker room right, she's, joke. She's literally, I put not. it in my carry on, it's fine, everything's below three ounces. <laughs> so, you know who always brings things that are below three ounces and never gets stopped by the TSA? Our patrons, our new patrons. So, shout out to Becky Hollingsworth, Madzo Bean, Emma, my dad is Greg, the inventor of basketball. <laughs> Oh, I love our patrons so much. Good. Very good. You know, James Naismith, who famously went James by Greg, Greg Naismith. Kelsey Duffy and Elizabeth Agathon. And shout out to Jessica Barr, who upgraded their pledge. Nice. And of course, a shout out always to our existing producer-level patrons, Brianne Wingate, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, Cody Powell, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Samantha Rose, Polly Burge, I worked with Eric Stad, Shooby Dooby Doo, I am Adam Silver, Bilal Johnson, Carolyn Kyle, Godzilla Got Busy, Dame Judy Dench is my DM, Wouter Vandermaiden, Madeline Heising, Soaps Lamb Chops, Steph Curry for three, Litterney 109, and Siobhan Ellsbury. Year, all of your dads also invented basketball. Congratulations. It was a whole big collective group effort. We all did it together, and now we all can play basketball together. Mm-hmm. And speaking of doing things together, there's a sponsor for the show. And that sponsor is Brilliant. Eric, you know that I love math. I do know that, confirmed. I talk about it all the time. You seem to have a not-so-great relationship with math. It's just numbers, and I'd rather work with letters. See, it's more than numbers, and you know who can teach you that it's more than numbers? It's Brilliant. Whoa. Brilliant offers a wide range of content. They have interactive courses in a wide range of topics, but one of them is mathematical fundamentals. Yo. Which could be great for you, but maybe listener at home, you want something else. So there is quantitative finance. There's scientific stuff. There's stuff about learning to program and code. All of those things that they should have taught us in school, but instead they were teaching us like social studies. So this is no, also important. Oh yeah, super important that I know like who Franz Ferdinand was. Just in like case. literally in this episode, you talk about how you don't know anything about European history. Have I lived in Europe? That's true. I have, but it didn't need history to survive in it. But math and science, very important. And Brilliant can help with that with their online interactive learning modules. Now, are you saying that they're masterful interactive storytellers who inspire people to actively play with the ideas of math and science by offering interactive learning experiences to illuminate those concepts? That is exactly what I am saying. (laughs) And as a horse listener, you can go to brilliant.org slash horse to get 20% off the annual premium subscription. This deal is exclusively for the first 200 people to go to brilliant.org slash horse. So do that and get 20% off an annual premium subscription with Brilliant and start learning about math and science and finance and whatever you need in a fun, not boring, interactive way today. Science and math are important. Also, mm-hmm. soft sciences and art is also important. But mm-hmm. for the specific ad read, we're talking about STEM. Yay! Not only are they a brilliant sponsor, but literally the company is called Brilliant. <laughs> 
So with that, we have finished our preparation necessary in the Teal Memorial locker room, and we can get into the episode. So we have recorded those in three separate locations. Mm -hmm. The first is going to be Full Court Press, which we recorded with two of our friends from The Ringer. Our second segment, which is my That Actually Happened, we recorded at the studio, so it's going to sound like a lot of our other episodes. And finally, Mike went on Dunktown, our lovely friends who also talk about basketball from a fun and friendly and welcoming lens. They recorded at their studio, which was a part of their episode, and that's going to be the last segment, which is also going to sound different. And then we're going to do it with credits that sound like this. Mm. So, first, we can get into our first segment, which is Full Court Press. Get it? Like the news? So we are joined in person by Bobby Wagner and Jordan Liggins from The Ringer. Bobby and Jordan, how's it going? Woo! What an honor. What a true honor. So I love happy this. to be here. Bobby has to control the podcast from a different room, so we just don't know where he is. Disembodied he's, head. He's, he's still remote. Hearts. It's actually still remote when you think about it. <laughs> But we have two very important things to discuss in Full Court Press, one about the NBA and then one about the WNBA. So let's go with the thing that is technically the older news but is far more spicy, and that is with our good friend Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Damian Lillard was playing a game of basketball. No, you don't say. <laughs> and he tried to make a layup towards the end of the game, and Rudy Gobert, the tall Frenchman, was like, no, and uh, <laughs> performed – what should have been goaltending, mm-hmm. for anyone unaware, if you do a layup and it goes off the backboard and it's on its way towards the rim, you're not allowed to block it. And that's what Rudy Gobert did. And the refs decided, yeah, that's chill. <laughs> oh, no. They didn't call it. It was towards the end. It basically caused the Trailblazers to lose the game. And Damian Lillard got very grumpy. Except, Mike, you say grumpy, like, about Kevin Durant. when right. he like, this is, No, he was genuinely <laughs> the most, quote, people who were there, this is the most angry Damian Lillard has ever been in his entire life. He's not grumpy. He is furious. He's very upset. Didn't someone diss his rap album? Don't you think he was pretty angry then? First of all, that was Shaq, and no, yeah. <laughs> he was just Shaq. So no, I, there was literally Close a reporter. Second. Yeah, <laughs> he was just like, "Oh man, I gotta respect the fucking Shaq Fu." Um, no, like one of the reporters, uh, the Portland reporter said, "This is the most angry I've ever seen Damian mm-hmm. Lillard in his entire career." After being upset, he yelled at the refs. Everyone was freaking out, and then he took to Twitter, <laughs> and it was great. Damian Lillard retweeted a tweet from I'm not kidding. The account is at Nikki 555-69269, which read, this game, Portland versus Utah, is exactly why at NBA ratings are down. This was a national, <laughs> this was a national televised game, and at NBA official made a mockery out of the Trailblazers and Dame Lillard throughout the whole game. I'm starting a nationwide protest of the NBA through my company. Good. I don't know what company that is. Uh <laughs> Mysterious. Bobby and Jordan, you guys work at a media company. Is this how ratings work? (laughs) Yes, I think you can draw a direct line from missed calls to NBA ratings. I think we can do that calculus. What do you say, Jordan? Yeah, I think so. That's in our data. You know, I'm a fact checker. Get on it. (laughs) Hold on. Let me hack into the mainframe. All All seriousness, though, like the NBA ratings conversation, I've heard like a million different excuses, none of which really hold any water to me. What I think it is is... I mean, I very legally watch all of my NBA games, and I think that's what a lot of people do. So when people are like, ratings are down, it's like, yeah, because everyone's streaming them, dog. BRB, closing NBA4Live.com as you speak. No! I'm on on a Discord that has links. It's like what came when they killed our NBA streams. They made a Discord. Mm -hmm. I'll send you you guys invites. Yeah, yeah, please. It is incredibly reliable. (laughs) (laughs) RIP, our NBA streams, Uh. NXLC's Dale. Respects. <laughs> Wasn't the like follow up to that one like Adam Silver fans or something like that? <laughs> oh my dad! You know my dad? Adam Silver fans. <laughs> Bobby, you met my dad. You're fans with my dad. <laughs> don't worry, Damian Lillard didn't stop because he retweeted a tweet that said, "Man, you guys have something against Dame Lillard. He don't get calls, and now this." And then he retweeted from B-Ball Breakdown saying that it's <laughs> B-Ball Breakdown who makes great videos was like, "This isn't just a goaltend; it's also a foul." <laughs> and Damian was like, "Yeah." <laughs> And then the NBA officials released their two-minute report where they say all of the mistakes they made in the last two minutes. And it said that we goofed. We should have said Wait, can I look at that for a second? Oh, yeah. The first line says we done goofed. (laughs) (laughs) Damian Lillard quote tweets, 
We don't want to hear this punk ass shit. <laughs> I don't understand what are we supposed to like get from these two minutes reports because you can't change anything. Yeah. It's just like we fucked up. We know you fucked up. You were right, but we're not going to change the wins or the losses and instant replay isn't going to be any better. It's just admitting you're at fault and then nothing happens. Just like ex-girlfriends of mine. Fuck all of you, Cassidy. <laughs> Oh wow, this is spice. Yeah, spice. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Also, a, a very important. Real. <laughs> Bobby, you can't see my face, but I'm pissed. <laughs> Every Cassidy in the world was just indicted right there. <laughs> I was like, did I date Eric Silver? No, I didn't. I'm fine. Uh, then Donovan Mitchell said something in the post game the next day. Damian Lillard quote tweeted, "said Man, stop." Dot dot dot. And then someone to this was like, "Man, you're going to get fined so much money." And Dame quote tweeted and said, "Plenty money." <laughs> <laughs> Pocket change. Which I think is my favorite NBA tweet ever. Plenty money. Plenty money. That should be his new rap name. But the thing is that Dane Dalla is performing at the NBA All-Star Game this weekend. And I want him to diss track all the refs really Ooh. badly. Like, he has to That's say something, right? Yeah, yeah. Or at least work in a freestyle where he talks about like how much money he has and compares it to all the fines he's about to get. If yeah. we can just, we can round Robin real quick. What would be the best song that he could dedicate to the refs and then do a cover of? I think it's Fuck the Police, but mm-hmm. instead of police, it's referees. But it, there's an apostrophe, so it's only two syllables. Fuck the referees. From the Fuck the referees, yeah. yes. Yes, I second that. That was, that was actually what I was going to think of. <laughs> You stole it straight from my mind. We were mind melting. I'm sorry, Jordan. Is there any like what rap song could we do that has like shots fired in it? Oh, made you look by Nas. Okay, (laughs) let's do it. Okay, that could work. Oh yeah, because then could be another like made you look, but something about like you weren't looking at the play properly, (laughs) and it was a gold end. I think he's gonna write a new song called Plenty Money, (laughs) and just talk about like I don't care about these fines. He just dropped a new song right in the middle of NBA All Star (laughs) Weekend. Hey, I got I got this new track. Fuck the ref. Fuck the ref. So that was very fun and very spicy. (laughs) I'm glad it took place. I'm glad Dame is mad. He's been destroying it. He's been on fire. But there's also some very important things happening in the league and specifically the WNBA. Free agency was ridiculous. And I'm very glad you are here, Jordan, to recap all of what went down. Specifically today, Skylar Diggins-Smith was signed and traded is that what's the problem? The past tense of being a sign and trade happening. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she was signed and trode uh, from the signed it and traded <laughs> from the Dallas Wings to the Phoenix Mercury, which now make a big three of her, Brittany Griner, and our second favorite WNBA player, Diana Taurasi. Ah, uh, uh, uh. only behind Sue Bird. Cuckoo. Yeah, I was going to say, who's number one? Sue, That's a, yeah, she's of perfect. course. Okay, great. <laughs> we have a great, segment great. dedicated to Birdwatch, and then we put in Birdman sound effects. Yes. Like, okay, okay. Like, just like, here. And I'm going to put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. So, yeah, what ramifications should we anticipate from this new big three? I mean, this is a big one, especially yeah. with Skylar Diggins-Smith missing last year due to having her son. She's coming back hungry for all the times that she's missed, um, the wrongs that Dallas has done to her. She left pretty upset. Didn't Liz Cambage also leave Dallas pretty upset? Yes, yes. So what are they doing over there that they're I'm screwing things up? not sure. Dallas has lost two superstars in the past two years. That's not good. And... Just imagine if they were there together. It would be Skylar and Liz, and they would run the table. That Mm -hmm. would be a great Mm -hmm. two-man game. But I'm not sure what's going on in the front office over there. They have more picks than they know what to do with now. How many picks do they have now? They have six picks. In one draft? In Yes, four will be in the first round alone. What do you even do? What do you even do? So basically, they (laughs) have the 2020 draft class. (laughs) They're going to be a team of rookies. The Dallas Dallas Wings select the entire women's Baylor basketball team. (laughs) Yes, basically every South Carolina player is going to be on the Dallas. We'll just say UConn. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's what it's going to look like. So I'm making a winners and losers list of this free agency process, and there are losers for now because in a couple years they're going to be really good sure but it seems like they're going all in on Enrique who was runner-up of rookie of the year last Mm -hmm. year and they're just saying we don't need Skylar anymore she doesn't want to be here all Dallas fans are aren't really sad about it because I I don't know she wasn't happy so someone that lived in Houston for 10 years Dallas is a bad city (laughs) filled with bad people (laughs) 
spice. <laughs> and they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, Mike was fucking throwing <laughs> Look, shots at I them already... from the Houston suburbs. God, fuck you. I already didn't like Dallas, and then KP got traded to the mouse. I'm like, cool, now I super don't like Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> But another big signing that happened uh, was with a team that I do have quite an affinity for, and that's the Las Vegas Aces. They signed Angel McCautry, a five-time WNBA All-Star and two-time Olympic gold medalist. Wait, I want to throw this to Bobby really quickly. Bobby, is five times being an All-Star a lot? It seems like uh, more than no times being an All-Star. So, uh, <laughs> ah, Thank you, Bobby. <laughs> it's my professional analysis. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> We're throwing it to our reporter in the field. <laughs> What will Angel bring to the table to the Aces? Because they already have very large, good at basketball player Liz Cambage. <laughs> yes. And yes, that's a fact. Medium-sized, very good at basketball player Asia Wilson. Mm-hmm. And small, very good at basketball player Kelsey Plum. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Angel McCaudry will be the fourth number one pick that is on the Las Vegas Aces. That's bonkers. Which doesn't seem fair no. <laughs> to the rest of the league. And that's what they are scared right now. She is a pure scorer. That's mm-hmm. what she's going to bring. So I think during the playoffs last year, and especially towards the end of the season, the Aces kind of went into dry spells where yeah. they just couldn't get a bucket. Mm-hmm. They were either triple teaming Liz Cambage yes. <laughs> or when Angel Wilson was hurt. Now Angel McCautry brings shooting, interior um, scoring, and also defense. She mm-hmm. is like the queen of steals. So she scored, I just found this fact the other day, of she scored a career-high 39 points in 2018 because she sat out all last year due to her knee. Very quick, Bobby, is 39 a lot of points? It's a lot of points, my okay, friends. Cool, it's a lot cool. of points, right? Here's more a more zero. Points. It's more points than I've ever scored in a basketball game. <laughs> right? And I didn't play professionally. So. <laughs> all right, well, that was Bobby in the field. Thanks, Bobby. <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. Thanks for reporting. It's, it's, keep that poncho on. Hopefully the rain won't be too bad. <laughs> I'm tracking down a lot of information out here, guys. <laughs> Bobby, there's a tornado coming closer. <laughs> Can you tell us about what, where we're supposed to go? Wait, I've just found out via Google search, which is what I'm doing over here while you guys are having a fun ch- conversation. <laughs> oh, great. Bill Lambeer is the Aces coach? Yes, he is. Yes. And he used to be and the Liberty coach. Great. Do they, do they play like Bill Lambeer played? Are they just clotheslining people at all opportunities? I mean... Uh, I mean, Liz Cambage is definitely down to get yeah. rough in the in the post. Yes. Though a lot of that is just her like existing. <laughs> <She's> like, there's <laughs> yeah. only so much she can help. Right, at 6 eight. But anyway, 39 points. <laughs> yes, she scored 39 points and then less than, like a couple weeks later, that's when Liz Cambage scored her 53 points, which Bobby, is that a lot of points? <laughs> it's more than 39, guys. Yes. <laughs> I'm now getting my math degree over here. Now they are going to be the teammates. They it's are going huge. to be on the same team. It's so be very scary. That is going to be really hard to stop when you have Kelsey Plum out shooting threes, you have Liz Cambage and Asia Wilson inside, and then Angel Bacatri scoring whenever she wants at will. I think it's going to be very fun. Now, for the final thing of Full Court Press that I wanted to talk about is something we can all get behind because Bobby said he wasn't super well-versed in WNBA. Bobby, how do you feel about the new scarf game of the Toronto Raptors? Mm. I admire it quite a bit. Mm. I've never been a scarf person myself. Okay. But uh, it's something about like the – I don't like the feel of it on the front of my neck. It's not It's not my vibe. Mm-hmm. However, I am very appreciative of Serge Ibaka because he looks fantastic in a scarf. Right. How do you get a scarf that big? It has to be custom made, right? You can't I just go to so. you can't just go to like Macy's and buy that scarf, can you? How long does it take to make? That's my question. <laughs> it looks like it was a team. The more important <laughs> question is who on the Raptors can knit really fucking well. <laughs> OG Ananobi, maybe. I, I mean, because and this is the whole thing. So to put this all in context, there was a new YouTube series that Serge Ibaka has started called Avec Klaus. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is very good. There's only two episodes out. They're absolutely fantastic. And he has his Raptor teammates on, and they talk about fashion stuff because Serge is very into fashion. He has said on both episodes, I don't wear clothes, I make art. He has worked this into both episodes. <laughs> so he had OG on, and OG has some solid fashion, but OG said that he put Serge onto scarves. And, and Serge didn't deny it at first. But then after they had a little back and forth because Serge is trying to take credit for OG's style. OG was like, but I put you on a scarves. And then Serge was like, didn't really say anything. And then OG was like, but what about scarves? But what about scarves? But what about scarves? And then Serge claimed that he's been in the scarf game for 10 years, <laughs> which seems like quite a while to be in the scarf game. But now the Raptors have gone on, it's like 15 game winning streak at this point. 
which is absolutely ludicrous. On their flight, most recently, where I think they're going to New York, Surge bought scarves for everyone. And now they all have matching team scarves. And they took an incredible photo, which we will put at the website, because it's just a perfect photo of a group of human beings all wearing matching scarves. It's really good. I love that so much. It makes me so happy. The thing about NBA fashion, though, is that like it's almost completely divorced from the weather because they're like never outside. They don't have to be outside. They step into a car. They step into a car. They step into a private jet. You think Serge Ibaka is biking to the game? Yeah, Serge needs to go to Timmy's every like, once in a like while. LeBron James, in, LeBron James in the Heatles era. <laughs> what no. I will say is, I'm gonna come at you. I'm gonna come at you. Like what? You think that they don't go and get like a fucking bear claw and a fucking ice cap, bro? You, you think they're Wearing a sweatshirt with a jacket over top, with a scarf, and then I, with another so it's jacket. It's cold in Toronto. I think this is this is a very LA take from you, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> My brain has been washed because away. I know. The weather here very always the same. Like it's February, it's seventy degrees today. What I'm jealous about NBA fashion is that they get to wear ridiculous things for just like five minutes and then change and then they put it on again and that's it. And I want that in my life. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Totally. <laughs> I like that. That's how I feel at live shows. Sometimes I'm like, I'm only gonna wear these shoes on stage and not outside. <laughs> yep. Oh, 100% so I do. Was... I think that's what we both did that at the Houston show. We both had sneakers that we only wore on stage and then immediately took them off. I would have done that for the live show we're going to do here while we're in L.A., but because I'm going from L.A. to Dallas to Houston to undisclosed location for my honeymoon to back to New York, I was like, man, this is, a lo- this, is a, <laughs> this is a lot of suitcase space for just my pair of Russell Westbrook shoes. <laughs> they are large. Mike, it's okay. We all know you're going to Legoland in Goshen, New York. Can you edit that out, please? (laughs) Don't want people to crash it. But yeah, that's what we had for this very special guest-filled edition of Full Court Press. If people want to find what the two of you do, ringer-wise, what can they check out? Well, like I said, I'm going to do a winners and losers on this crazy WNBA free agency. That is going to go live on Friday on the Ringer website. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Jordan Liggins. With that new blue check. Yeah. yeah. That's so professional. I feel like I need to like write something down and read it off after that. <laughs> uh, you can Try find, your best, Bobby. You can find me producing the Ringer MBA show, the Ringer MLB show, and the big picture. You can follow me on Twitter at BWAGS. And you can see Bobby as his part-time, as his part-time job as meteorologist for a horse. Thanks, Bobby. <laughs> oh, Mike Schubert. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Yes. You know how Twitter is a terrible place full of neo-Nazis? I was actually talking to Brandon Grugel, our own beloved podcast boy, about this. Who hates me. Well, yes. But he was saying that he has weaned himself off of Twitter and it's been very good for him. And I was saying that my Twitter feed is just so well-crafted that it's actually like a really pleasant place for me because it's just my friends my colleagues in the podcasting world, lots of basketball news, and mm-hmm. then like just enough of my friends retweeting political stuff where I like know what's going on, but not too much where I'm angry about it all the time. Oh, yeah. So I think Twitter is a bad place generally, but I've found a way. And I think the key is following lots of basketball people. <laughs> the more basketball <laughs> people you follow, the better. I follow Rob Perez, aka Worldwide Wob, and oh, he posts things such as bench celebrations and Damian Lillard making half-court shots in Russell Westbrook's face. And Carl chases. I wish I could filter those out because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense that this man tweets about basketball, but then also police chases. <laughs> the two genders are basketball and car chases. Okay. Well, sometimes Twitter delivers good news. Amanda DM'd it to me, so I started digging into it. This is my new starting that I'm going to do. It actually happened that. Oh, okay. The Grateful Dead supported an international basketball team that won bronze in the Olympics. Okay. I'm confused because Bill Walton is not international. Right. No, Bill Walton supports the Grateful Dead. Right. They're having like a symbiotic relationship. Mm -hmm. But the Grateful Dead actually supported an international team to go to the Olympics and win a medal. That is bonkers. What year did they win the medal? In 92. 92. I'm trying to think of who it was. I want to guess. Well, you know who won in 92 who won the gold, right? That was the United States of America. Right, the dream team. Yes. But this, in a different way, is the other dream team who had to deal with political strife, not having any money, and, you know, just general bullshit that happens on the international stage. Is it like Yugoslavia or something? It is Lithuania. Ah! (laughs) So, Mike, you're going to get an Eastern European history lesson if that actually happens. Good. I'm Eastern European, so history for me. (laughs) So, 
something you might not have known about Lithuania, they've loved basketball for a very long time. I actually did know this just because the Knicks had a player for a couple years named Mindaugas Kuzminskis. Yes. And he was Lithuanian, so he talked about it occasionally. So I know that they're hype about hoops. Uh, Jonas Valachunas oh, is yeah. Lithuanian right, right, right. and uh, one of the most popular Eastern European players of all time, Arvita Sabonis, also Lithuanian. Nice. He was a beast, man. And he's going to figure prominently into our story here. Oh, good. So Lithuania has loved basketball ever since 1939, where they hosted and won the FIBA European World Championships. Let's fast forward through World War II. Mm -hmm. As we know, because we all took world history, mm -hmm. the USSR gobbled up all of the Eastern European nations and did what autocratic regimes did and, you know, threw people in the gulag, sent them to Siberia, took down detractors. All that stuff. Mm -hmm. Thanks, USSR. So we're fast forwarding to 1988. We are at the Summer Olympics in Seoul, South Korea. Do you know who won the gold that year? Which year was this? 88. 88. I'm going to say not America, right. because why else would we have countered with Dream Team in 92, except for that we lost? Very Actually, that's exactly <laughs> why it happened. We're going to get to that in a moment. I'm going to guess like Argentina. It was the USSR. Oh, wait. Okay. So in the gold medal game, they beat the US team, which had David Robinson, Danny Manning, and Mitch Richmond on it. But they were in college because the amateur rule right, was still in play. Right, right. The US was staunchly against professional basketball players playing in the Olympics. Right. So here's a fun fact about the USSR team. Four out of five of the starters on that team were, in fact, Lithuanian. Mm. Most notably... Arvita Sabonis, and Sarunis Malachunas. Okay. Those are the two guys you're going to need to know for the rest of the story. Okay. So you need to envision it's 1988. Mm -hmm. They're standing on the gold medal podium, and the hammer and sickle flag is flying. They're playing the USSR national anthem before these guys realize that they're not getting any national recognition. Their team, their country, is being cut in favor of the larger institution of the USSR, the oppressors who literally took down their country and swallowed it into the larger federation. Dang, yeah. That really sucks, especially when most of the team is all from the same country. And, of course, for the fact that, you know, everything we know about the USSR in the 80s, that they cracked down on all of their satellite countries. Right. Um, so what we know about Sabonis is that at the end of his career, he ended up going to the NBA when he played for the Portland Trail Blazers. Mm -hmm. So he was drafted in the 1986 draft, but like he didn't really care about it because he just thought that the Soviets wouldn't let him leave. Mm. He was like, thanks, but I guess I'm just going to keep playing on this Russian team yeah. because I'm not going to be able to leave. Jeez. So fast forward to 1989. That's when the Berlin Wall fell and the USSR kind of dissolved. That same year, Malachunas decided that he's going to make a break for it to the United States and play in the NBA. But he realized there was like a 50-50 shot, even with the country dissolved. He was like, oh, there's like a 50-50 shot. They're going to throw me in Siberia. So he's just like, I'm going to do it and see if people are going to find me. The KGB is going to come get me. We'll see. Fun. So it's important to note that Lithuania then declared its independence in 1990. Of course, it was a revolution. The Soviets tried to roll tanks in there, hold them back. But the Lithuanian people held on even through deaths and scores of injuries. And eventually the Soviets relented and Lithuania became free in 1990. I am not well versed in early 90s history. Or any history for that matter. Uh, when Lithuania left, did anyone else leave or was it just them? Did the USSR dissolve afterwards? Like what did them leaving? My understanding is after the Berlin Wall fell, mm -hmm. like everything was very destabilized in the USSR. Mm -hmm. And I think in 1991 when Gorbachev, the guy with the wine spot on his head, mm -hmm. the conversion from the USSR into a Russian state. But it was just very murky. So when people started to leave, it was kind of like a big deal because okay. they, they colonized and they took over all of these places. And then slowly they tried to get their independence back. All right. Sweet. But let's just focus on Lithuania. Cool. Because we have like a very defined timeline here. Mindaugas Kuzminskis. Mindaugas Kuzminskis. <laughs> All right, so now it's 1992. Lithuania has been a country for a little while, mm -hmm. and everyone is getting ready for the Barcelona Olympics. Now, recently, the Russian team in the Olympics got barred for all of the terrible things that they were doing to their athletes Good. and for, like, steroids. So, you know, like, the Russian athletes competed mm -hmm. on, like, a united team right. that happened recently. Mm -hmm. So, in 92... There was no Russian team because the USSR didn't exist. So the Olympics let all the people from the USSR play as the united team, like under the banner of the Olympics. Right. Uh, so they were playing uh, as a united basketball team. But then you said a bunch also did 
steroids and stuff that year too? No, no, no. Or that was just, just I, this is the, okay. the parallel between. So these guys who were playing for the USSR team were like, actually, no, now that Lithuania is a country and we're recognized by the UN and by the Olympics, we're going to have our own team. We're going to have our own basketball team. The problem is <laughs> when you're a new country that was under uh, Russian rule, you don't have any money. Mm, that'll do it. That is tricky. Probably a problem. <laughs> Got to have a car wash. Got to have a real big car wash. <laughs> so they had like a massive bake sale and they're like, oh no, what do we do? So at this time, both Sabonis and Malachunas are in the NBA mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out a way to raise money for the Lithuanian team to go to Barcelona. So they win the dunk contest. <laughs> $1 million to win the dunk contest. That's perfect. So Malachunas at the time was playing for the Warriors, and the assistant coach for the Warriors was Don Nelson. Oh, he's going to have to soon enter our, like, the pantheon. Top ten, the pantheon of people that we love on horse. Don Nelson has been the good guy in three different stories so far. <laughs> so a young Don Nelson and Malachunas are trying to figure this out. So they go to the San Francisco newspapers, and they read a story about the cause trying to get uh, people to raise money. And guess who read that article? Guess who read this about them needing money? Who's got a bunch of money to throw around in the 90s? Who's the story about? The story is about Arvidas Sabonis and all of these. And what band? Oh, oh, oh the Grateful Dead. And the Grateful right. Dead because oh, they're hanging out right. in San Francisco. Oh my gosh, that was so, there was so much information <laughs> in between. I forgot we were talking about the Grateful Dead. I told you this is like a word problem. You got to go all the way back. So Bob Weir, Phil Lesh, two guys playing the strings. <laughs> One played bass, one played guitar okay. for the Grateful Dead. So they read it. They're like, hell yeah, dude. The article I was pulling from said they were huge proponents of freedom, mm-hmm. which is very funny. And mm-hmm. they're also basketball fans, so they wanted to help. Of course they're basketball fans. Bill Walton, maybe. Yeah, so Bill Walton was there hanging out. So Jerry Garcia and the rest of the guys invited Malachunas and Don Nelson to a dead concert where Malachunas detected a strange smell in the air of that good kush. <laughs> All right. I don't know how much weed was cracked down during the USSR, but he was like, oh, I noticed a strange smell. So after the show, the guys go backstage and they meet the band, and then the dad cut them a check. Very quickly, about strange smell, Kelly told me a wonderful story that I had to find a way to get on a podcast. (laughs) She was saying uh, we were were walking around and we smelled a skunk. Mm -hmm. And then she was saying like, oh, a funny story. When I was in high school and I played soccer a lot, I used to think we had a really bad skunk problem in the woods near our high school. And then I didn't realize until after graduation, it was just people smoking weed there in the woods by her high this is two. This is two episodes in a row. First, we have Kelly's dad just sitting there and not looking at things. And now Kelly's just like, wow, skunk problem. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Kelly's family. Thank you for providing us great content. <laughs> so... Both Kelly and uh, USSR refugees Mm -hmm. both don't know what weed smells like. Exactly. So the Grateful Dead gave them a check, which was not that much, uh, $5,000. But they were still supporting their cause, and it's nice having a celebrity backer. At the same time, uh, there was an artist named Greg Spears from New York who also heard about their plight and also loved the Grateful Dead. The Grateful Dead was thinking of putting together a design that they were going to sell at their concerts to raise money for the Lithuanian team. And this design was a slam dunking skeleton okay. on a tie-dye shirt. Smart. And also tie-dye shorts. Of course. That symbolized the colors of the Lithuanian flag with tie-dye. So the Lithuanian flag was green and white, okay. but also just like great tie-dye colors. And sure. like, I'm going to show you the photo of the shirt. Oh, my goodness. Hell yeah, dude. It's a skeleton dunking a basketball with the words Lithuania in, like, big, big hippie font. That's fantastic. I love it so much. It's so good. We're going to put a photo of it on everywhere because it's amazing. I like that you can tell that the skeletons are playing against humans because there is a man getting dunked on by the skeleton. (laughs) The Grateful Dead and Lithuania are dunking on oppression. This is not a game between skeletons. (laughs) So the guys from Lithuania are raising money. They have the money from the Grateful Dead, and they have the shirts. So everyone is off to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Barcelona. So while Michael Jordan is gambling his face off in the mm-hmm. wee hours of the morning mm-hmm. and also putting up 20 every single game, sure. the Lithuania team is just happy to be there. And Charles Barkley is also having a time in Barcelona. And everyone is just ripping Barkley at the Dream Team Olympics, phenomenal. 
absolutely incredible. So it's important to point out here that that USSR match in 88 mm-hmm. ex- spurred both of these two teams, both the U.S. team and the Lithuanian team at the same time. Lithuania wanted to represent their country, but the U.S. didn't want their ass kicked by Eastern Europe and Russia anymore. Right. So that's when they broke the professional rule to let all of the professional players play in the Olympics. And that's why Michael Jordan was dunking on every single person mm-hmm. imaginable. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing about these tie-dyed shirts. They're not jerseys. <laughs> they no. didn't have people's name. They were just cool, cool shirts. So in official matches, they played their regular white and green jerseys. But the basketball players were just walking around Barcelona in these tie-dyed shirts as much as possible. Hell yeah. Because it's like they're sponsored by the Grateful Dead. Right. So it's like they're at a coffee shop wearing these shirts. They're at practice wearing these shirts. They're at a press conference wearing these shirts. It is amazing. That's fantastic. You also need to remember all these guys are like seven feet tall. So it's even better. Yeah. Just like a lot of knee Mm -hmm. and then tie-dyed shorts. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Four out of five of those starters in the 88 games were Lithuanian, so this team is doing well. They actually advance to the semifinals, and they get destroyed by the Dream Team. Of course they do. Uh, It was 127 to 76. Uh, The U.S. team had nine guys in double figures, including, uh, here's Jordan's stat line for that game, a pedestrian 21 points, three rebounds, four assists, six steals, Mm -hmm. and two blocks. Yeah, that's about right. And Michael Jordan was extremely hungover as well. Of course, of course. A higher level of difficulty. Right. All right. So now Lithuania is moving on to the bronze medal game. And who do you think they met in this game? Espana. No. It is their arch rivals, the United Russia team. Oh, okay. The de facto Soviet Union. How has this not been made a movie yet? What the hell? Like a sports, this is a sports movie probably made by Disney. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They struggled to get there. They needed the money. The country was coming together as a united front against the people who oppressed them. Now they're playing in a final match, sudden death to get a medal for both of these countries in the first one that they've done after this massive political upheaval. I also am realizing that the Disney movie version title of this would be Free and Grateful. That's good. Because they're free. They're grateful to be free, but also Grateful Dead's That's very good. I like that. So the game is hard fought throughout. Mm -hmm. At one point, one of the other players who was a starter on the USSR team and now on the Lithuania team, uh, he got hit in the forehead with an elbow by the other team, and there was just blood gushing from his head. Cool. Sick. Dope. Don't worry. The Lithuanian president... Uh, I did not pronounce his name, so here, let's let's do it. Uh, Viatunis Lensburgis. Yeah, sounds right. He was in attendance, pulled the player over and said, don't worry, you're spilling blood for Lithuania. Holy shit, this has to be a movie. <laughs> it's amazing, it's so good. But don't worry, Lithuania pulled away and won 82 to 78. Nice. Malachunis put up 29, leading everybody in the game. Oh, and yeah. Sabonis put up 27 points and 16 rebounds. Holy crap, wow. Let's go. That's very good. Now, as you know from watching Olympic ceremonies, ordinarily they just put on their warm-ups for the podium and listen to their anthem being played. But the Lithuanian team had Put on the Grateful Dead shirts and listen to a Grateful Dead song? They listened to their own anthem, Uh, but they- Performed by the Grateful Dead? (laughs) (laughs) But the Lithuanians took to the podium as free men and wore their tie-dyed shirts and shorts with the skeleton dunking. There is a video of this. It is, it's so beautiful. Because they're also wearing like all of the Olympic paraphernalia, like they have wreaths around their necks. It's really beautiful, actually. And uh, that, I think, is where the credits would roll. Mm-hmm. But of course, this is horse, so I have to tell you all the fun things that happen afterwards. Good, 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 good. So you were talking about whether or not this would be a movie. There was, in fact, a documentary called The Other Dream Team that was made by a Lithuanian-American filmmaker named Marius Markovicius in 2012. Okay. It has a lot of interviews, a lot of historical footage. Like, I learned a lot of this from write-ups that happened in 2012. There's a lot of history here. So they have, like, historical footage from uh, from World War II, from the time afterwards, and from the Revolution. They have, like, a ton of interviews. Like, Charles Barkley is interviewed. Everyone yes. from the Dream Team is interviewed. You can watch that movie on Amazon, YouTube, Google Play, and Voodoo. Oh, cool. Listen, it's a documentary. <laughs> I want to support this guy. <laughs> And here, Mike, here's a special footnote for you because you love prices and charities. Uh-huh. Uh, sales for the tie-dyed t-shirts were continued after the Olympics. Nice. And Greg Spears donated all of those profits uh, to fund the team, Lithuanian children's charities, and acquiring major sponsor status for the team. He sold $450,000 worth of merch. Holy crap. 
And finally, you know that it is, in fact, a 90s relic if it was featured on one of the sitcoms of the 90s. So here's a photo of Phoebe wearing a Lithuanian shirt. Oh, my God. Wow. She's just sitting on the couch wearing a dunking skeleton. I'm glad the only good person from Friends is wearing it. Oh, 100%. Because everyone else is trash. I just can't even imagine, like, Ross wearing a tie-dyed t-shirt. Fuck Ross so much. He's the worst. He, he's doesn't no, the worst. he contributes nothing to the show. And then Chandler would be like, am I wearing any more hot tie-dye? A shirt from the Grateful Dead that's already tie-dyed. Could this shirt be any more dead? <laughs> Could this shirt be any more supportive of Lithuania? So there you go. The Grateful Dead sponsored the Lithuanian team and defeated the USSR to get a bronze medal. That actually happened. It actually happened. That's really good. Oh, man. I was Googling to see if you could buy one online, and there's just a picture of Jonah Hill wearing one. Yes, I did see that. I didn't want to show it to you. There are some Etsy shops, like the vintage Etsy shops have a few, but like they're like $200. Yeah, I'm seeing one. Used Grateful Dead Lithuania shirt for $200. Mm. Mike, that story had everything. Politics, basketball, blood, Disney movies. Us making fun of Friends, which is an objectively (laughs) terrible TV show that has not aged well and also isn't funny to begin with. 100%. Arvita Sabonis. Arvita Sabonis. Don Nelson. It was a perfect horror story. Love it. One, two, three. Three, two, one. Three on three. Okay, so Mike, do you want to intro this segment? Yes. So a segment that we do on horse almost every episode is something where we like to compare three different things against three different other things. It started as like best and worst, but then it was more fun to do categories where we'd be like three things involving Charles Barkley and three things involving Shaq. So it's expanded. <laughs> uh, and this this edition that we're about to do is like that. But this little segment we like to call three on three. What we're doing for this three on three segment, uh, because I flew up here from New York. You guys are here in LA. It's a perfect East Coast, West Coast, Eastern Conference, Western Conference divide. What we'll be doing in this edition of three on three is the three best Eastern Conference team hype-up music songs <laughs> and the three best Western Conference team hype-up music songs. And I'm very excited. Normally, we'll like trade back and forth, so I will let uh, you two go first for your number three pick okay. for the best, the third best Western Conference team hype-up song. So whether it's a song that's played like when the team is coming out or like a promotional thing, all these sorts of things throughout so, time. So I just want to say before we get started, this was incredibly hard. It's always so <laughs> it hard was to pick so just three. Hard, it's yeah. so hard. <laughs> and we, especially because we all have different music tastes. <laughs> uh, we all, you know, we've got our own biases and we were trying to pick like things that didn't sound too much alike. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we also didn't want to be like team biased too much because okay. we do have certain team bias. So we were just like, just genuinely good songs. So you Let's... didn't pick hip to clip is what you're saying? We did not. No. <laughs> Are you familiar with hip to no. clip? Every, okay. We should all, everyone at home, just YouTube hip to clip. <laughs> it is this awful, awful, awful hip hop track that they made when like the best player on the team was Elton Brand. Like <laughs> it's like 2007 or okay. eight. It's this like white dude with like a sideways hat rapping about the Clippers. It's really bad. There's it's some, really yeah. bad. There's some okay Clipper songs. There's a Hot Carl or like a Jensen Carp one. There's a Tyga song that he like Clip changed. City, bitch. Oh, okay. <laughs> he changed Clip, the, the lyrics of another song but so our number three song is called clutch city ballin by ace deuce it's about the houston rockets from 1996 oh man it's so smooth (laughs) (laughs) this is great so good right pretend you're something for this I feel like I just want to like roll down the street with the top down, flipping my switches, a god on my arm. <laughs> Always. <laughs> this, it's just smooth. It's fun. Uh, yeah. It, it makes, makes you want to cruise around. A bit flutes. Yeah. Choirs. That's amazing. <laughs> gosh h-town yeah that's fantastic that's the fun thing about doing the three on threes and these things when we do horses like we're always learning new things i've never heard of this this is fantastic we we a listener actually i should shout out our listener mike martinez who originally sent that to us and he said um so i don't know if this is an official song but it was really popular in 1996 uh, around rockets games i don't know if any of ours are official songs 
but we'll see. Whatever. Oh, no, it's a very good pick. That's awesome. Wow. Okay, cool. So for my third place pick, it is one that is significantly more silly, but I think... I, it might be official. They play it a lot. It's obnoxious. It is the uh, Philadelphia 76ers song called Here Come the Sixers. Yay! Oh, my God. We, lo- we love it. We do. so cheesy. <laughs> Iconic, really. what I'd listen to when I'm get ready to go out for the night. This is like a great wake up in the morning Everybody for Philadelphia 76ers stomp your feet everybody Did you see Mike Scott crash a wedding and they played this song? (laughs) That's fantastic. That's good, Gabe. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm, I hate to insist, but you have to get to the chorus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the chorus is the most ridiculous part of it. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of verses where they say Philadelphia a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but here it comes. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, sixers. how they do this. Okay, now we're good. good. Thank you very much. I think when we were putting this, when we were putting the Mike Scott thing into our deck for a previous live show, um, I did play it over and over and over again until I was really annoying you. We pretty much, we pretty much played it like we were making a PowerPoint. Like we pretty much played it the whole time we were playing a PowerPoint. It's great. It's fantastic. Just for reference, they say the word Philadelphia 14 times. In Amazing. The song. Amazing. But I love a song that counts, and I love that they have found a way to count up and talk about the Sixers and count down and talk about the Sixers. It's I feel really like they good. started with one, two, three, four, or Eight, seven, six, wait, no, nine, eight. I feel like they started with that right. and we're like, okay, we gotta build a song around this because yeah. that's so good. But yeah, that's the more clever one. It's like, oh, seven, six, seventy-six, eight, ten, nine, eight, seven. <laughs> and also it's from the seventies, which I think mm-hmm. is cool because like basketball was kind of still in its infancy. Yeah, um, it was like NBA, know. ABA merger time. Yeah, so for sure. It's very fun. It's got a wonderful old school vibe to it. It's cheesy in the best way. Exactly. I love it. All right. For our number two spot, we picked a song called Not In Our House by Sir Mix-A-Lot. Oh, is this for the Sonics? For yeah. the Seattle Supersonics, 1992. Let's play it. Great video with this one too. Yeah. Take your high tops and your whack shots to the hot shop. Oh, he didn't even memorize the lyrics. Look at those shorts. Oh, I love them. So this features um, players Michael Cage, Steve Scheffler. Gerald Patio, Gary Payton, and Eddie Johnson. Thank God, Gary Payton. Wow. <laughs> that is so funny because like, I've never heard of any of the other players you mentioned, and then they got Gary Payton. Be- <laughs> They're like, we have to get Gary. It'd be like if here. they did a song with the Lakers now, and it's like, all right, we got uh, we got Jared Dudley, JaVale McGee, and LeBron James <laughs> to do the song. Wow. They're and for people listening at home, in the video, you see the backup. They're doing the backup vocals live. And they're, and they're all actually in the singing. back. That's so yeah. good. There's also, at the end of the video that we found on YouTube, there's this like little bloopers bit at the end oh, okay. where they make a white guy. Well, I don't know which one of these guys is the white guy, but they make him like do extra rapping. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they're all right. laughing at him. <laughs> As like a joke? Yeah. yeah. Good. That's a amazing. Good song. I love it. I I didn't realize that Sir Mix a lot until I moved to Seattle that he was like from Seattle and is a Seattle like staple. Yeah. So uh, I think that unfortunately a lot of people when they think of Seattle rap think of Macklemore, which is very oh, right. disappointing. I think everyone should only think of Sir Mix a lot <laughs> and no one else. This and uh, 
we had another song that maybe I'll mention afterwards that was like neck and neck with this one, okay. but they were both kind of the same from the same era. So we okay. will talk about that later. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. The way he says not in our house was very good. That's very satisfying. <laughs> no, that's fun. Not, not in our house. house. <laughs> okay. So my second choice that I've picked is very different than what we've done so far. This is something that like it wasn't written for the Bulls or anything like that, but it is the classic song called Serious uh, that the Chicago Bulls used to play during their 90s run. It's one of those like, oh, yeah, that song songs. Uh, and it's just like the ultimate hype up thing. And they always played it during the players intros of nice. the All Jordan right. heyday. Let's hear it. Oh, I think I know this song. It's like Ellen Parsons Project or something yes. like that. Yeah, yeah. Dennis Rodman has multiple colored hair. heard of him <laughs> I love the like lasers yeah, going on in there this was, so this clip was from the 1997 NBA finals this wow. is for game 6 that's when I moved to America <laughs> whoa isn't that crazy from where Canada. Oh, okay. <laughs> Big move. <laughs> she moved here just for the finals. Yeah. Wow, that's huge. But yeah, it's just one of those songs that's just like so amped up. Yeah. Has nothing to do with basketball at all, but it was just this song that just like is impossible to separate, at least for me and anyone that lived in Chicago. Like yeah. hard to separate it from the Bulls. It's just this iconic the pump up song is just like wonderful and intense. The guitar solo when it finally comes in, which I'm glad the clip had was like, <laughs> like it's so good after the very ominous like beginning of it. <laughs> That's Super the solid. other thing when we were making our decisions, we were thinking a lot about like like that we like this song, but it doesn't pump me up. Mm -hmm. Like it's more of like a chill song. And I was like, right. oh, we want something that's like mm -hmm. going to pump us up. Yeah. yeah. This one is just the perfect, like when they play it in the arena, just kill all the lights, turn this on. And it's like, oh shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. serious. Awesome. All right. So for our number one spot. <sighs> okay. This, the song that we chose really proves how unbiased we were okay. in this because... We do not agree with the sentiment at all. We okay. don't agree with the message of the song. Okay. But it's so well done that we... And created by previous guests of the show, uh, Joey, Joey Dosick. And just a delightful human being. And he's great at making music and we couldn't, we couldn't deny it. So um, let's hear it, Gabe. gets stuck in my head that's regularly catchy, it's yeah. so good it really is and i'm i'm like here like it's always gonna be a lakers sound i'm like wait no it's not <laughs> clippers are here too <laughs> it's just a battle inside my heart mm. it's it's good we can't you can't it's argue with the fact that it's catchy, good super sweet uplifting yeah, yeah. unless you're a clippers fan <laughs> Even though, even though we are, it still is. But he also shouts out Kawhi and Pat Bev in it oh, in a way good. that's sort I of love like, Pat Bev a lot. oh, me too, <laughs> love him. He's like, these guys are very good, and even though they're here and they're very good, it's still Lakers Town. <laughs> I and think he. Oh, sorry. I was, I was just gonna say. I think he's probably gonna perform this tomorrow, Ooh. so you guys can maybe. Oh yeah. Potentially yeah. see it. That'd be fun. I hope he uh, writes one. They, they should do the same thing about the Knicks, mm. but instead of talking about our storied history, it should just be like no one cares about the Knicks. <laughs> like even with your grumpy Kyrie and your Twitter finger KD, like <laughs> it's always gonna be a Knicks town, which is true. Like the Nets could win thirty consecutive yeah. championships, and no one will care. Yeah, Aww. you fully understand. 
understand the the dynamic we have here. Yeah. I mean, well, it's also just hard. And I, maybe this is why it's a Lakers town normally here. But like the Knicks were around forever right. mm-hmm. in New York. And then Brooklyn, or they were the New Jersey Nets, even when they came to exist. And then they move over to Brooklyn. It's like, all right, cool. Like, yeah. have fun. Yeah. With your boring logo and your team is still named the Nets. Yeah. Like you're named after a piece of equipment. <laughs> I oh. like the the Nets like uh, design and their court and their uniforms and stuff this season. Do, are their tickets cheaper than Knicks tickets? Uh, I would assume so. It would be baffling if they weren't. Um, weirdly enough, though, concessions are more expensive at Barclays than really? MSG, which makes no sense. Beer and that is weird. Food they is gotta more get expensive. that money somehow. I guess. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, at least for now, maybe next year they'll be more expensive because KD is there. But like, yeah. nothing to compare with. If the Knicks, if the Knicks are ever good, I'm terrified because ticket prices will be so freaking much. Right, it's so much even to go now when we're garbage. We sell right. out every game, even though we're trash. Really? Yeah, the stadium is packed no matter what. And wow, we're straight doo doo at basketball. <laughs> so <laughs> I fear the day we're good. So, uh, but with that being said, we'll go to my number one pick, which Ooh. incredibly biased, the most possible bias <laughs> ever. So but you went the other way. <laughs> I went full, uh, full swing the other way. But this song is actually truly fantastic. It was for the 1994 New York Knicks season, uh, which was a very good one, made the playoffs. So we had a good run. So it worked out. Uh, it is called Go New York Go, and it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Already like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The drum roll. We are the New York Knicks. 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 Say go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York, go. Business guys. The dedication to this video is fantastic. On track on the fourth floor in Morris '94, and the Knicks are hardcore. And I'll tell you like this: we ain't never look sharper. With Hubert, cool vest. I mean, this is a great era in fashion in general. And hip-hop. And hip-hop, yeah. Oh, a Makerbocker. They went full name. Wait, isn't Knickerbocker underwear? It's pants. Okay. Like, they're baggy pants. Okay. Is that better than a net? Far better. Well, the name Knickerbocker comes from the pants because that's Gabe, you could stop it. <laughs> uh, you don't have to. <laughs> no. But um, yeah, it's like Knickerbocker was a pant style. It's like Dutch pants. And that's right. because we were New Amsterdam before it was New York. Um, so by calling the team the Knickerbockers, it's referring to the pants. But really, the pants are referring to people that would wear them. So the team is basically the New York New Yorkers. Got it. Okay. Which I think is better than a piece of equipment. Yeah. Like if there's well, a football team called the Goalposts, would you be like, sick? <laughs> I'm a big Goalposts well, fan. Clip Clippers is a stupid name. Yeah, I mean, it made sense yeah. when they were in San Diego. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, Lakers is the same thing. They were yeah, in Minnesota, right? right? Exactly. Utah Jazz? Come yeah. on. <laughs> what? How many teams make sense? Yeah, that's yeah, true. It's, it's, it's very true. But then Go New York, I was just, uh, I love it. It was good. The, it's great. The, it starts off with a wonderful drum roll and saying they're the Knicks and then goes right into the Go New York, Go New York, Go. But then in the background of the lady, like already doing a vocal solo in the background. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, we're four seconds into the song and it's already like it's the fifth chorus of what you Amazing. do. And like there's no other female vocals in the song. It's just this yeah. one lady that I got, I guess they brought in the studio. They were like, okay, could you please just wail? <laughs> uh, so great. And then just classic. I love that they were fully dedicated. The verse mentions every single player that's on the next and <laughs> talks about them doing different ways. The one that love we heard that. was like Ewing dunks Inclusive. on her face. They talk about like Charles Oakley beating you up. <laughs> very good. Ouchie. It's fantastic. So, I yeah. I actually heard the song and I was like, oh, I bet Mike is gonna choose this one. Um, oh, I just also want to mention that um, our, we had an honorable mention yeah. what for were the, honorable mentions? the Portland Trailblazers have so many songs. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yes. And their team did a ton with. Um, I think it was in the '90s. They were just like, let's put out a song a year. And so they have this song called Bust a Bucket that's super good. Um, and, but it was just too similar to the Sir Mix-a-Lot one. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was more good because of how cheesy it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, but anyways, go check out Bust a Bucket. I have honorable mention songs as well. I'll put those on the Patreon as we always do. So check that out. But uh, Anastasia Nagata, thanks so much for doing the three on three with me. Of this course. is super fun. It I'm was such an crossover happen. honor. It was an honor for us. <laughs> it was so fun. We had a very long discussion about songs. And we did. <laughs> we did. And we're, but we're all happy with the songs that we chose. Yeah. Good, good, good. Thanks to our special guest for this episode, Dunktown, a podcast hosted by two women who didn't know almost anything about basketball, and now they do. If you want to listen to their show, you can find it at their website, dunk.town. Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse. Horse is hosted by Eric Silver and Mike Schubert. It is edited and mixed by Eric Silver. The social media is run by Mike Schubert. The art is by Allison Wakeman. The music is by Bettina Campamanas. And the website is by Kelly Beckman. Special thanks to our producer-level patrons, Brand Wingate, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, Cody Powell, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Samantha Rose, Polly Bridge. I've worked with Eric's dad. Shooby Dooby Doo. I am Adam Silver. Bilal Johnson. Carolyn Kyle. Godzilla God. Brizzy. Dame Judy Dench is my DM. Woucher Vandermaiden. Madeline Heising. Soph Slam Chops. Steph Curry for three, Litterney 109, and Siobhan Ellsbury. You can find us on the internet at Horse Hoops on Instagram and Facebook and Horse underscore Hoops on Twitter because, as we say every episode, it's because... Horse Hoops made fun of the WNBA. I mean, probably, I'm glad that guy was banned. Uh, our website is horsehoops.com, which has all the research and the visual stuff you didn't see because this is a podcast. And if you want some sweet bonus content, such as us turning the three-on-three three into the five-on-five, five, if you want more wonderful hype-up songs, you can check those out. And more fun bonus things like bonus audio and more over at patreon.com slash horsehoops. Do you know who could give uh, Bobby a job as a meteorologist when he's out in the field? Multitude. Multitude would really love it if he was a meteorologist. Multitude is our wonderful collective where we make awesome things and make podcasts for people who love the things that they love. We are actually doing more live shows. So we're doing these live shows in LA, which have already happened. And thank you to all of you who came out. But did you know that we're going to be in Texas? There's going to be a Spirits Enjoying the Party live show in Austin, Texas on February 27th. You can go to multitude.production slash live to get tickets there. It's going to be fucking sick. Double bill all the way. And as we round up every episode, we are going to put our hands in the middle and say something on the count of three. I think it's only fitting that we pay homage to the Grateful Dead, of course, <laughs> and say the iconic Grateful Dead <laughs> catchphrase, which is no bones about it. There it is. So we'll say no bones about it on the count of three. One, One two, two, three. three. No, no bones, bones about, about it. it. I know nothing about the Grateful Dead. That's fine. Their logo and Bill Walton likes them. Here, I can make a Grateful Dead joke to end this. Uh, Mike, there was a 15 minute guitar solo, uh, but I edited it out because it's a podcast. Of course, of course, of course.